0: The hardest step to take in a life of faith is the first one. It's that first initial step of trusting God when you have no idea what the outcome is going to be. When you have no idea where the journey is going to take you. And and Abraham's life begins with such a step when, when God comes to him without invitation or without warning... God comes to Abraham and tells him, go to the land that I will show you. He didn't give him the destination ahead of time. He didn't tell Abraham, hey, here's where your house is going to be. Here's the path you're going to take. Here's what the land's going to look like. He just said, Abraham, I want you to leave everything you know. I want you to leave everyone you know. And I want you to just go, and I will show you where to go. And Abraham stepped out on faith. Abraham responded in faith to this call, and he begins one of the greatest stories in the Bible. His story teaches us a powerful truth. The life of faith is a journey that is made up of a lot of first steps. Each of those steps in our journey with, in our journey with God, each of those steps brings us closer to God, but they don't take us farther away from the challenges of life. As we draw closer to God and walk closer to God and step out more in faith with God, the the trials of life, the the difficulties of life, they don't get easier. They they, they get harder. And we just have to keep stepping out in faith with God. In in religious circles, Abraham is an exalted figure. And it's, it's easy to see why. Of course, we call him the father of our faith. The Bible calls him the friend of God. But his journey of faith looks a lot like our journey of faith. Abraham had some incredible victories in his walk with God. But he also had some incredible defeats. He also had some scandalous situations occur in his walk with God. And the Bible, it doesn't hide Abraham's failures. Instead, it shows them to us and it does that so we can have hope because we can look at people in the bible like abraham and moses and david and joshua we can look at all these men and we can see where they failed and where they came short and where they didn't trust and where they weren't right and we can say hey if if they did it and they're in the bible then it's okay if i mess up a lot because we mess up a lot that's what i love about the bible it's not a story of you know we call them the heroes of our faith but they're all broken heroes they've all got issues They're just broken people serving an incredible God. And that gives us hope because we're just broken people serving an incredible God. And so as we look at Abraham's journey of faith, we can see our life in there as well. In Abraham, we see someone who was chosen by God to receive an incredible promise. He was promised that he would become the father of a great nation and that through him the entire world would be blessed. And Abraham believed this promise, but it took 25 years for him to see God fulfill that promise. But he kept walking in God. And as he waited on God, he battled fear. He battled anxiety, and he battled doubt. In Abraham, we see a reflection of ourselves. So let's start reading his story in Genesis chapter 11, starting at verse number 27. The Bible says, Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity, in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took them wives, the name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, and the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the uh, the father of Ishka. But Sarai was barren and had no child. And Terah took Abraham, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran's his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abraham's wife. And they went forth with them from the Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, uh, and from my kindred, and from thy father's house, into a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. What would you do if, if God came to you out of the blue? You know, we, we, we hear the, see the story of Abraham, and Abraham wasn't looking for God. You know, the story of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is going to God saying, God, I need you to do something. I need you to talk to me. Abraham's just living life he's just going about his normal day and all of a sudden god comes to him out of nowhere unprovoked unasked not a warning just comes to him and says abraham i want you to pack up everything you have and leave and i'll show you where to go just trust me go what would your friend say if you go to work tomorrow and say god told me to leave everything and go to a different place i'll see y'all later What, what would your what would your wife say you go home honey God said, leave it all here. We're going somewhere else. Where? I don't know. Just get in the car. We're going. Well, well, I mean, she'd probably be like, "Uh, have fun. I'll be here with the kids. You better pay the bill. And so, you know, people would look at you and think, you're crazy. Why would you just leave everything and you don't know where you're going? You know, Abraham had no plan. God had a plan, but Abraham didn't know it. So to the outside world, Abraham has no plan. He's just, I'm just walking. I'll stop when I get there, whenever I feel like it. And so to everyone on the outside, Abraham looked crazy. Now, Abraham's situation was even more complicated. He wasn't a young man looking for adventure. He's 75 years old. He's settled. He's established. He's successful. He's prosperous. Everything's going well. And now at 75, he's just to leave it all and go somewhere else. While Sarah may have protested, the the story simply shows us that Abraham quietly obeyed God's call in his life. He left everything he knew for an unknown land where he would supposedly experience incredible blessings. In Abraham, he responded to God's call because of the future blessing that God had promised him. His expectation that God would keep his word was the basis for everything he did after Genesis chapter 11. And these verses show us a powerful truth about the early life of Abraham. They show how God found him, how God called him how God promised to bless him and they have a lot to teach us about our journey of faith as well because like Abraham God has called every single one of us to walk by faith with him trusting him following him leaning on without knowing the true outcome of everything God's called all of us to follow me to walk with me God's called each of us life of faith to follow him by faith Following his promises. This morning, as we begin to study Abraham's journey of faith, let's see what we can learn about our journey of faith and how God called him to his life of faith. The first thing we want to notice, we want to notice his past obscurity. Look again at verse number 27 of chapter 11. So now these are the generations of Terah, and Terah begot Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot, and Haran died before his father, Terah, in the land of his nativity. In the Ur of the Chaldees, (coughs) and Abram and Nahor took them wives, the name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Ishka. But Sarai was barren, and she had no child. So today, three major religions look to Abraham as the father of their faith. Of course, Christianity, you know, in Sunday school, your kids always, or you, when you were a kid, sing, Father Abraham has many sons, many sons, had, and I am one of them, and so are you, so let's all praise the Lord, right? We all know that song. As a Christian, we look to Abraham as kind of the father of our faith, the patriarch of our faith. He's what God, He was the, 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 the beginning of God's redemptive plan. The Jews, of course, they look back to, to Abraham as the father of their faith as well. And so do the Muslims. So three major world religions hold Abraham in high esteem. But it wasn't always the case. He began his life just another nameless, faceless person in the crowd. His life began in obscurity. His life began separated from God. His life began like our life begins, separated from God and in obscurity. So first of all, let's look at the place. Of his home. Of course, we know he was from the Ur of the Chaldees. Now, the Ur of the Chaldees was located in what we call Iraq today. It was at the southeast corner of Iraq, about 75 miles north of the Kuwaiti border. And this was Abraham's home. And in Abraham's time, this was a bustling seaport. It was right where the Euphrates River ran into the Persian Gulf. So it was a major city. It was a major uh, uh, trade hub, and it was a lot of activity going on. It was very prosperous. Uh, it was a bustling seaport. A lot of historians tell us that this city also was a major uh, education center. They have recently discovered uh, the foundation of a huge library in Ur of the Chaldees. Then they found many ancient manuscripts that are still preserved in clay so that we know this was a, a very popular city was a very wealthy city it had a lot of activity going on they had a lot of uh, intelligent they had a lot of education going on a lot of intellectual activity and it was it was a wonderful place to live it was a region that was well suited for raising flocks that's why Abraham spent his entire life as a shepherd dealing with sheep and cattle because this area was was had a lot of farming, had a lot of great uh, places to uh, pasture land to graze your flock so it was very good for that so this was a very good place to live it was a bustling place to live but we notice secondly the problems of his home while the area of his origin was very prosperous it was also very perverted the people of that area were involved in some of the most wicked and vile idol worship that has ever been known to mankind now abraham was able to break away from these idols but his family wasn't able to In Genesis chapter 31, we see his great-nephew Laban and Jacob's wives, Leah and Rachel, arguing over the possession of idols. Abraham was able to break free of the idolatry of his home, but his family dealt with that for generations to come. God called Abraham out of the most wretched of spiritual conditions. So yes, he lived in a prosperous place, but it was very perverted, very wicked. And that seeped into his life every single day. Third thing we notice about his home is we notice the pain of his home. As we read the story of Abraham's life, the beginning of his story, we see the pain and the hopelessness of his early years. Yeah, he was prosperous. He was wealthy. He was successful in the eyes of the world, but he was empty. Spiritually speaking, he was surrounded by wickedness and idolatry. Spiritually speaking, he was separated from God. In his early life, he was also childless, which was an incredible pain to him and Sarah. In this time, children meant blessings of God. So if you didn't have children, people looked at you and said, oh, well, God's not blessing them. God doesn't love them. God doesn't like them. And so he may have been successful financially, but he's, he's dry spiritually. He's got this, this pain in his, in his heart where he, he wants children, but God hasn't blessed him with children. So he, he's living a very painful early life. And when you get right down to it, we are a lot like Abraham. We may not have served false idols or, or false gods, But we're all trapped in the same darkness that surrounded his life. It's incredible to realize that we serve a God who can reach into the blackest heart and turn on the light of his glorious presence at any time. He can take a hopeless and barren life and turn it into one of the greatest examples of faith and grace. So here's the point. No matter where you come from, no matter what baggage you carry, God is able to change your life for his glory no one is too hopeless for god because abraham had a hopeless start to his life but god did an incredible work through him no one is beyond the touch of god we see abraham's past obscurity secondly we see his partial obedience look at verse number 31 and Terah, "...took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth from the Ur of the Chaldees unto the land of Canaan, they came into Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran." Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. We need to, when, you're, when you're studying the Bible and reading the Scriptures, you need to understand something. The chapter breaks are not inspired by God. We tend to think, well, chapter 11 ended, we'll read chapter 12 tomorrow, so it's a whole new chapter, it's a whole new day, it's a whole new event. It's not. See, when, when, the, when we, they first got the Scripture, there was no chapter 12 it was just Genesis. And so you would have read it like we just read it, skipping right over uh, chapter to chapter 12 and reading that. Now, when you look in, at, at chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram. What that, what that says in the original Hebrew is, however, God had told Abram to do this. So the Bible says Abram, he, he went with Haran. They went to Canaan, but they kind of uh, he left with his father, Terah. They were going to Canaan, but they kind of went to Haran for a while. They stayed there until Terah died. However, God had told Abram, get away from your family. Get away from your home and go to where I will show you. So Abram didn't completely obey God. We see in these verses that Abraham went with his father and his nephew when they left Ur. But that wasn't what God had told him to do. So we see, first of all, the call to depart, and that's again in verse number one, where God says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get away from your family. Now we don't know how God came to Abraham, but we know that God spoke to him in darkness and called him to follow a new path, to leave everything he had known to follow God Abram was called to leave behind everything he loved and everything that had shaped his life up to that point he was to leave his region he was to leave his religion and he was le- to leave his relatives behind and that's a hard thing to do so we I mean we can't pile on Abraham too much here because that's that's very difficult God and put yourself in his position God comes to you says hey I know you're living in your childhood home and you got your dad here with you who you love, and you got your, 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 your brother here, and man, your wife, and everything you know is here, all your friends here. This is, this, is, this is everything you've ever known. But leave it and just trust me. That's a hard thing to do. But that's what God had called him to do. He was to leave his home, not knowing where he was going or when he would get there. He was simply to trust God. When God calls us to follow Him, it's a call to leave everything of our past and follow Him to a new future. His call is a call to a new life with new priorities. His call to follow Him and walk by faith with Him is a call of total commitment. You cannot go forward in your walk with God if you're hanging on to things of the past. That's why Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind, I press forward to the, to the mark of Jesus Christ, looking forward to what God's got. He goes, I forget everything that's behind me. because look, we've all got stuff behind us that we'd probably rather forget, that we'd probably rather would have never happened. You know, all of us think, man, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and change this. If I had a time machine, I'd go back to myself in 16 and say, start jogging. Because look, so I mean I I make some changes and I'd say and also invest in Apple. That's what I do. But we've all got things in our past that we we'd like to change, and sometimes those 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 things they they hold us back because we're we're clinging to them. When God calls us to walk with Him, He calls us to leave those things and follow Him. He calls us to leave the old life behind and begin a, begin a new life of faith, living every day in dependence on Him. God's call for you is for you to follow without being concerned with the destination. God's call for you to walk by faith with Him is a call to walk with Him, leaving the details to Him. His call is for surrender to His call regardless of what it costs, regardless of where it leads, or regardless of how much it hurts. His call is still, follow me. Second thing we notice about His Partial obedience, we see the call to the par. The second thing we notice is the compromise and devotion. Look again at verse number 31. And Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. When God called Abraham, he called him to leave his family, but he didn't separate from his family like God had told him to do. He failed to fully submit to God's call. And the Bible says when God called him to go to Canaan, he goes on the way to Canaan, they went to Haran and dwelt there. If you look at a map, Ur of the Chaldees is down here. Canaan's over here. Haran's up there. So he didn't didn't even go to where God told him to. He went to where his father wanted him to go. He wasn't fully surrendered to God's call. He failed to separate from his family, and he failed to go where God wanted him to go. So here's what we need to understand. Partial obedience to God is disobedience to God. You cannot say, well, I'll obey God a little bit. That's that's disobedience to God. And we, we understand that with our kids. You go to your kids, say, I want you to clean... Your bedroom, I want you to sweep, I want you to, to dust, I want you to make your bed. And you come home and say, did you clean your room? Yeah, what'd you do? Well, I just made my bed. Well, did you dust? No. Did you sweep? No. But I told you to do that. Well, but you know, I figured the bed looks good, so it's okay. No, it's not. You didn't do what I said. So how come we can do that with God? When, when God says, do something, so, well, God, I'm uncomfortable. Well, I don't, I don't like, you know, doing this so much. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little. I don't want to give 10% of income, God. I'm going to give just 3 now, look, if you've not given any, I'm probably getting in trouble here. If, you only, if you're not giving anything to God and you want to start with three, start with three. But the goal should be full of obedience, okay? I'm fine with people saying, well, I can't give. To, you know, start somewhere with your faith and grow your faith. I'm okay with it. Well, God, I know you, you told me to, you know, be faithful to the house of the Lord. But you know what? I just, I just want to stay home on Sunday. We all do. I, want, I didn't want to come to church today. I didn't get home until super late last night. John, did you want to come today? Yeah, i are a liar. Uh-huh, because when he left, he goes, you may have someone else lead worship. I was like, you better find somebody else to preach. We all want to stay home sometimes. And look, I'm not saying you have to all, because look, April's not here. I'll, I'm preaching to her. She's wicked. She's vile. She left me for a week. We all need vacation. That's fine. But it's when, when your habit is to not come because you just don't feel like it. Uh, I'll come when I can. That's partial obedience. That's disobedience to the word of God. Because God said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a manner of some is. So we can't say, well, God, you know this, I can't obey that completely. I'll just obey it a little bit. No, no, no. We have to obey God completely. Not all of God's commands are easy to obey, some are hard, some are frightening, some are, some are scary for us, some are costly, but they are all to be obeyed completely if we're going to walk by faith and live a life that brings glory to God. Notice that Abraham did not leave Haran and fully follow the Lord's command until the death of his father, Terah. His father was a roadblock between him and doing the will of God. When he was gone, Abram was ready to follow God completely. His father, in Abraham's life, Represents our flesh, our comfort, our pleasure—whatever it is in our life that's keeping us from fully following God. What's keeping us from fully doing what God's called us to do? Until those things are less desirable to us than Jesus, we will never progress in our faith with God. That's why Paul said, "You know, I look at all the things I had in my life." My, my and Paul—if you look at the life of Paul before he became Paul. As Saul, he had a pretty good life. He was wealthy. He, had, he was a, a high-ranking official in the Jewish religion. He had power. He had popularity. He had prestige. He had money. He had all of it. He had anything, anything he could have wanted, he could have had. He was a very prosperous person. But he looks at us and says, all those things I used to have and I used to crave and used to desire. He goes, I, 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 don't, I count them as dung. They're nothing to me because I want Christ. Until we can look at the things that are holding us back and say, they're nothing to me, I want Jesus more. We're never going to progress in our walk with God. So what's your terror today? If you aren't where God wants you to be, you have one. You have a roadblock between you and doing what God has called you to do. What is holding you back this morning? Don't let your lack of faith prevent you from fully following God. So we see, first of all, the call to depart, the compromise of devotion. Thirdly, we see the cost of the delay. Look at verse 32. In the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Abraham's delay in this matter of obedience was costly to him. While he lingered in Haran precious years that he had to walk with God passed him by. Those were years that could have been used to enjoy everything God had to offer and instead they were years spent watching the Father he loved waste away. Those years were spent being grieved by the sins of a family that was still in the grips of idolatry. The work of God is too precious and time is too short for us to delay in obeying God and following him completely. Every day brings us one closer, one day closer to heaven. So we need to take every moment and let him count for God. Jesus said in John 9:4, he goes, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. God was patient with Abraham and his dealings with him he gave him time to get things squared away in his life but it is always better to respond to god immediately and follow him in faith have you been putting something off that god has called you to do or told you to do get busy obeying god get busy following god and walking with him to delay in obeying god is dangerous and costly we see his past obscurity we see his partial obedience and thirdly we see his precious Opportunities. In verses one twelve chapter twelve, verse one it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of a country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. At age 75, Abraham finally makes his break with the old life, and he leaves out from Haran on this incredible adventure that God had called him to. After all the wretched years and defilement in Ur of the Chaldees, after all the wasted years in delay, God gave him some wonderful years of delight. Notice the quality quality of these uh, years. First thing we notice, that these years were spent... Walking in God's presence. Again, in verse 1, God called him to walk with him. Abraham had been called out of the darkness of sin to walk in the presence of God. This verse implies that God intended to lead Abraham in the way he should go. God Himself will direct every man's pathway when we trust in Him. Proverbs 3 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto their own understanding, in all the ways acknowledge Him and he shall direct thy paths. There is nothing more precious in the world than walking with God by faith. The faith walk puts you in a place of dependence upon God, and God will never let you down. When we lean upon the Lord, we never need to fear that he will leave us or desert us because he promised he never will. God will never fail us. So we see he was able to walk in God's presence. Second thing we notice is he was watching God's providence. Again, in verses one through three, God, God made some incredible promises to Abraham in these verses. Look at all that God promised him. He promised to give him a new home. He promised to give him many offspring. He promised to' give him great blessings. He promised to give him a great name. He promised that those that he will be a blessing, and protect that he will be a blessing to many people. He promised that he would give him protection from his enemies. He promised he would be a blessing to his friends. He promised that the entire world would be blessed through the life of Abraham. Abraham doesn't know yet how God will work it out, but he knows that God will keep his promises. His faith had finally grown to the place where he was willing to trust God and lead the details up to him. He is willing to live by faith day by day, as God worked out the plan and the purpose in his life. By the way, everything God promised to give Abraham, he gave him. God kept his word 100% to Abraham. And here's what he I God keeps his word to us too. God promises to provide for you. God promises to protect you. God promises to never leave you. God promises to never fail you. And those promises will always be kept by your Heavenly Father. He wants us to come to a place where we can take Him at His word and know that He will do what He has promised to do. You can depend on God to take care of you when you live your life by faith. God looks after those who lean on Him. Have you reached a place where you can rest in the arms of the divine providence of God and know that He will take care of you? Look, no matter how bad life may look, God is doing whatever He is doing in your life for your good. We know that God works all things to good to those that love him and that are called towards his purpose in Romans eight twenty eight. So we see that, first of all, he was able to walk in God's presence. He watched God's providence. Thirdly, he was wondering at God's purposes. Get in verse number three. You know, Abraham must have wondered how God could take an old idolater like him and make him a blessing to the entire world. When he died... A hundred years later, at 175, he still didn't have the answer to that question. But regardless, Abraham still lived a life of faith, and that faith was counted as righteousness for him when he died. When Abram left Haran, uh, he trusted God to take care of him, and the Lord fulfilled every promise just like he said he would. As we live this life of faith in this world, there's going to be times... We don't understand what God's doing. There's going to be times we don't see where God is taking us. There will be days we wonder how God could ever do anything with us. There will be times we have to walk by faith and not by sight. And you know what? Some people can't do that. Some of us us in this room, we're we're saved, we're faithful, we read our Bible, but it's hard for us to walk by faith not knowing exactly the outcome. It's hard to do something not sure what's going to happen. If you can't see the end, you can't take the, they can't take the first step. If they can't explain it, then they avoid it. And when we live a life like that, we will never grow in our faith with God. The people that God uses greatly are those who walk obediently wherever the path of God leads them. Whether they understand it or not, whether they like it or not, whether they know what will happen or not, those are the people that get to see the Lord part the seas. Those are the people who get to see God feed the multitudes. Those are the people who get to walk on water. Those are the people who get to walk through the fiery furnace and the lion's den without being hurt at all. The people who walk by faith with God. They live a life of faith and they get to see the Lord do the impossible over and over and over again. There's an old saying that goes, The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. It took Abraham a while, but he finally took that first step. And when he did, he saw God do amazing things in his life until the day he died. I wonder, have you taken that first step of faith? Maybe here this morning you haven't taken the step of faith to trust God for salvation. That's the first step you need to take, to step out on faith, trusting that Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection has, it was done for your salvation. And all you have to do is trust in his finished work on the cross for your salvation. And that's the first, And it's hard to see. How can, how can it be so simple? How can it be so easy? Surely I've got to turn my life around. Surely I've got to get right with God and I've got to do good things and be a good person. And then God will save me. So maybe your first step is I'm going to step out in faith and just trust That God died for me, he rose again for me, and I can accept him as my savior because he did all the work. Maybe maybe that's the first step of faith you need to take. Maybe it's a next step where you've you've trusted him for for salvation, but you you haven't decided to walk with him by faith yet. What step of faith is God calling you to take this morning? We're never going to be what we can be for God until we cut our ties to this world and cast ourselves on him by faith. And walk with God, trusting him to take care of everything. What step do you have to take this morning? Let's pray. Heavenly Father.